G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 568 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website, trainsmooth.com. If you don't want to jump on the website, that's fine. Forget that. Pff, wipe that like a dirty bum. Jump on your email machine, tim at trainsmove.com. If you're interested in my training and want to read about my new blogs I've been doing, conavirus.com. Now, I didn't think I was going to have much to talk about today, but I got home just after lunchtime, and my son is at home should be at school and he's there in his school uniform and I go what are you doing home mate and he says oh I've got sent home because I'm getting pains in my chest mum you know quickly picked me up and she went back to work she's got an appointment at the quack at three o'clock you got to take me and I'm thinking oh great I got plans (laughs) and so I um I so I started asking him all these questions. I go, well, what, where, where's the pain? He goes, oh, it's just, you know, he's pointing to the right-hand side of his chest, like around where his lungs are. And and so I, I said, well, how often are you getting the pains? And what are they? He says, oh, they're sharp pains. I went, oh, okay. And I go, what are you doing when you get them? He goes, not a lot. So I kept asking questions. I go, right. We'll jump onto the treadmill for me and start off walking and we'll slowly ramp it up over the next five minutes and we'll see see what happens. And he he, he thought I was nuts, but he did it and nothing happened. Uh, right. Okay. Let's have a COVID test. And so I gave him a, a COVID test. Now, he feels 100% fine. And... It came, sure as crap, it came back, he's got it. And this is his second time. And I'm like, oh my God, he's bloody riddled with germs. And because yeah, I'm paranoid about getting it, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones who've never had it yet. And it, probably because I'm quite antisocial, I'm, I'm thinking. But uh, so he, he's got it, and I'm just like, get to your room, put a mask on. And I've just wiped down anything and everything that looks sideways at us. And. So I'm uh, avoiding him like the plague. It's going to be tough for him because he he needs to burn energy to, um, or he, he, or he's going to drive me back crap crazy and everyone around him, and, and including himself. So he, he reckons he's going to be on the treadmill every day and on the on Zwift every every day as well. So over the, over the next week while he's recovering, we'll see, we'll see. He, he says he feels fine, so we'll see what happens. I know he's got his big race coming up in three or four weeks so he's we'll see we'll see what happens anyway uh, today's question comes from doug who sent that question in about the um nasal breathing and um, oxygen i went into breath holds and stuff um a couple of episodes ago he writes and doug um dougie it reminds me in the, and people in Australia will know this uh, that were that were from the, the watch TV in the mid nineties and going back in the bloody mid nineties we had what three or four channels to pick from so we all know these ads back in yeah in the mid nineties Pizza Hut had these dodgy as crap TV ads where they had um, a delivery boy called Doug Dougie that would come to your place 
um, and if the original, I think, and I'm working off distance memory here, and my memory's not the best. The original one started off with him turning up, delivering pizzas to his own house, where he lives with mum and dad. And he's turned up, and and he said, "Dad," hands the hands in the pizza, and he says, and he's there with a little bloody cheeky grin. He goes, "So, how about a tip?" And the dad looks at him and he goes, "Work hard." And be good to your mother, and slams the door in his face, and so, and that that the ads kept rolling on for years. But every time anyone in Australia got pizza delivered to their house, in particular Pizza Hut, and looking back, it's not my definition of pizza that what they what they deliver. But that's a completely different to- subject to- topic. But any time someone would get get Pizza Hut delivered to them. 98% of the time, they would get yelled at, Dougie! And the, I, I remember doing it. We would get Pizza Heart delivered, and we'd be yelling out at the poor delivery driver, Dougie! Whether they're, whether they're even a boy, it didn't matter. if Even if it was a girl, they'd be getting called Dougie. And they'd be just looking at you like, yeah, that's some original stuff. Haven't heard that for the last 10 minutes. So it just reminds me of that. Anyway... Um, Dougie writes, um, he's got a follow-up question. Um, 20 mile runs for 20 weeks building into an Ironman as you suggested. Um, for a slower paced runner, 6 minutes, uh, and he put in brackets between 5.45 and 6.15 per kilometre average, that makes for a very long run, to 3 plus hours. Is there a cut-off time... Is there a cutoff time you you recommend where the benefits of the run starts to decline due to the possible increased recovery time required after that run? Uh, personally, I used uh, personally I, u- I used to do a three and a half three to three and a half hour long runs, but I am over fifty now and have been cutting my runs to two and a half hours instead. Of uh, interested in your thoughts. So, yes, there are cutoff times. Um, so, I said in that but last podcast that uh, one of my, I'm a big fan of twenty mile, leading into an Ironman twenty mile runs for twenty weeks in in a, in a row if possible, and it's it goes back to I don't I haven't talked to an um, an Ironman age group af- athlete. Who's had a really good run and a bad race? There's, you, you, I just haven't spoken to one yet. It's generally, the athletes that do really well at Ironman have generally had a really good run, and so that's why I, um, I'm a big fan of it. Just, it just conditions your body just to pound those miles there is a cutoff time i don't i'm not a big fan of running over three hours I, the, you hear i've heard many coaches say they don't like their athletes running over two hours um and let's let's say you're a six minute k pace runner two hours of running that's giving you 20 k's that's not even half the marathon yet so i'm not a fan of that um unless and there's obviously um a lot of depends on, on that but if you're a healthy um strong athlete i'm not a fan of that whatsoever um ha- having said all that it, it there's a whole lot of depends goes on to 
goes on to it. Uh, I don't have many athletes that do the 20 mile runs for 20 weeks in a row. There's a lot, um, a lot of built up fatigue occurs during an Ironman build up, so you got to keep that in mind. Um, a lot of mental fatigue as well, um, life circumstances, um, a, a wide range of things, available training hours, um, the, just the recovering from normal volume is, you know, there's just a whole lot of depends goes on to it and, and the, what they're able to run on, on an average pace. But cutting it off at three hours, um, 20 miles or three hours, whatever comes first, you, you, you chop off. That's generally my rule of thumb. Um, so I, I have uh, faster, some fast athletes where they, they will run the 20 miles in about two and a half hours, um, or yeah, about two and a half, two hours, 40. But, so I, I get them to chop it off at that, um, generally. It, it's so... so I, I will say, it also, as you talked about do, um, with recovery... Um, you're gonna. You've heard me probably say it a few times in the past, um, where we, build, you know, um, we build the volume up and we get our recovery through the volume. It's very, very applicable when we're talking about long runs in, in particular, because the risk of injury becomes higher because running is quite an a quite a violent impact on the on the body. So you've got to slowly build up to this. So you've got um, generally. I I used to do. Um, so I'll have an athlete, let's say their their long runs been um, two hours, and I want to build them up to three hours, for instance. And and while we while we're talking um, distance here, generally I I would more rather talk um, time wise when I'm giving programs out. Though I will say, if you love me, you'll make this twenty miles. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, so generally I used to always increase their run volume by 10 minutes every single week, their, their long runs. So it be two hours this week, two hours 10 next week, two hours a week, two hours 20 the week after and so forth. I still do that for some athletes, but I'm, I, I have to be 100% confident in my head that that's um, still very doable for that athlete and I I'm, and I'm, could bump it up even more quite comfortably, but I choose not to. Um, for I've I've kind of taken more of a safer role with athletes now, and I I slower I build that run slower their long runs. So I'll, let's say they're at an hour and a half. So I'll get I'll get them to run an hour and a half for their long runs for two weeks, and then 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 the next two weeks is going to be an hour and forty. The next two weeks are going to be an hour and fifty. Um, and generally, when I'm building the actual time running. I'll actually add um, walking into their long runs. So if an athlete says, I haven't run for a while, um, and they're coming, like a new athlete, I haven't run for a while, they're just building back, I'll actually go do something on the lines of eight minutes of running, two minutes of walking, eight minutes of running, two minutes of walking, and I'll slowly build that up to about an hour and a half, and then I will change that hour and a half after about a week to a week or two to... Um, nine minutes of running, one minute walking, no, and I'll just slowly build that up until I'm got to about that two hour mark, and I'm very, very comfortable with, um, 
that that athlete's very I'm I'm comfortable that the athlete's comfortable at that two hour mark, and then I will change it to take thirty seconds to one minute walking if and when needed during that run, and then we can start building past two hours. I w- I'm not going to build past two hours until I'm pretty confident and comfortable that they can run two hours um, comfortably themselves. Yeah, because the the risks do become higher running over two hours, so you need to be careful. You need to um, make sure that the athlete's safe. Um, so, and then I'll slowly build it up for more more from there. But I'll 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 take my time building it up. So they're getting their recovery through that volume, and um, and if they're not recovering in time, um, quick enough, well then I know I either need to take a step back. Hang them around that area. Hang them around that particular volume for a little bit longer, or change something that's holding them back, that that's making them not recover in time. Um, a, a classic example of this is I had a, um, an athlete doing an IMM, and we had um, their long bike Saturday, um, long run Sunday. Monday was an aerobic swim, and then. They had a, an easy bike ride, a recovery ride on the Monday. And I really wanted to change that bike ride into um, a low-cadence strength session as well because I'm, I'm thinking I, re- I just couldn't get enough strength into this athlete. I wanted to, wanted to do it. And so I tried um, giving him um, 20 times one minute at 45 RPM um, at about 100% of ftp so it's one minute on one minute off at that they're recovering well i'm going to give them this session now i'm going to change their easy bike ride to this and we'll see how they go i'm hopefully this is just going to be the duck's guts and this is going to take their cycling um just that little bit notch forward for us and he just couldn't recover as well as i wanted it to so we switched it straight back after um after about three weeks of playing around with it, 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 it was clear he, he wasn't ready for that. So we switched that back to easy spin and he he thrived under that. Um, so that that's just a quick little example. Um, but you can you can definitely hang around that two and a half hour two and a half hours if you, if you like you're still getting the, getting the miles the, the secret, not the secret. Um, the key to you running well during an Ironman is going to be your bike. It re- it really is. Um, so you, if you can get off that bike as fresh as possible, um, you'll get to put in that run. Um, I also, I am. D- depends on the key sessions you do through the week. I am a little bit of a fan of Canova's um, approach with running. Though a lot of what he, a fair bit of that, isn't um, that applicable to triathlons because the injury risk is a little bit higher. But if you if you get let's say you're you've done the last ten weeks at twenty miles and you're just your body's just absorbing this, you're feeling good, you're feeling strong. Um, you can then make like the last. 20 minutes the last 30 minutes at race effort see see what do you start off with five minutes start off with 10 minutes see how that that feels or you can just keep your key sessions through the week it 
doing doing that and just having your the run volume. But another part of it is you can do is um, have um, twenty miles, twenty miles, twenty miles, three weeks in a row, and then drop it right down to two hours um, on week four, and then go back up. So it just just takes the um, that for, you know drops out a little bit of that fatigue in in the legs with it um that was uh, i did that for another athlete that where we'll um have big run volume or big general training volumes three three weeks and then on the fourth weeks um would actually give him two he'd he'd have about the same run volume but it was spread further out through the week so his easy runs um were two two-hour runs throughout the week and he his body just lapped that up so everyone's different um obviously and it's just a matter of you working out what um is going to work for you but um it's all good shit really if you guys have any other questions jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com until next episode here are you